Hey everybody, this is Release the Adventure, a podcast all about going outside, seeing what kind of trouble we can get in, and doing all the outside. All of it. But today, we're here to talk about what you need to be a mountain biker. In our last episode, we went into the in-depth about what is mountain biking. What do you need? And I just realized I'm Brad, and that's... I'm Sean. Yeah, I forgot our names. You know, it happens. When you get so stoked, Sean, so stoked, and you're just ready to talk about mountain bikes, sometimes names aren't even a thing. You don't even need them. Right. Yeah, it's 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 easy to get stoked when you're talking about mountain biking for sure. So, quick recap, just so everybody knows, if you haven't gone and watched, listened to our last episode, you should go do that first, because that's important so you understand what is a mountain bike? What types there are? Because um, all the accessories and fun things that we're going to talk about um, today all can be adapted into those same aspects of if you're going to be a cross-country rider, if you're going to go into enduro, downhill, because you probably don't want a backpack when you're doing downhill. But if you're going across country and you're going to ride 50 miles, you're probably going to want to bring some food and some extra water. So everything's going to kind of flow into that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of great information in the last episode. Yeah, as Brad said, it all kind of ties in together. Um, if you already have your mountain bike and you're looking for um, what you need to take your next steps, then by all means, this is this is a great place to start as well. Um, before we get super into things, before we start doing our deep dive into the hidden costs of mountain biking and uh, all the accessories, involved in mountain biking i just want to tease a little bit for those of you at the beginning we are running a giveaway to try to get onto the itunes new and noteworthy section new so and noteworthy pretty, yep pretty pretty grand and lofty goal so we're going to be um giving out a 20 dollar amazon gift card uh for about eight, seven or eight weeks i think we'll choose our first winner Oh, next Thursday, I want to say. Um, so, yeah. All you need to do is uh, just send a tweet to us with a screenshot of your subscription to release the adventure. So, that's all you need to do to be entered. Anyways, uh, how about we just jump right on into things, Brad? Sure. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to say this again. I said it in the last episode. I'm going to say it again. Buy a helmet. Wear your helmet. Whether you're going to go for a half helmet, which is a typical biking helmet, or a full face, wear your helmet, please, for the love of whatever you believe in, wear your helmet. We want you to keep riding, and I want to stay alive, so I always make sure I put on my helmet. So please, 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 this is one of those things that is you can get really frivolous and you can buy a $400 helmet, but you don't need it. An $80, $100 helmet, which you guys are like, oh, that's so expensive. But you're putting your brain in this, so let's protect it. Yeah. We're talking about if, if you live in uh, the United States, we all know uh, all about our medical system and about the insurance companies. So uh, $80 purchase to protect your noggin. Uh, protect your brain bucket versus ten thousand plus dollars to try to try to fix up up your head. So that is a much better trade off, in my opinion, and uh, potentially saving you a lifetime of, of of pain and migraines and everything else that comes in with serious brain damage. Um, so yeah, one hundred percent. Buy yourself a helmet, and there's a little bit of versatility in those helmets. Like Brad said, there's uh, half shells and full full face helmets. And there's also um, helmets that are kind of these combo transformer helmets to where it'll have a latch to where you can strap on the kind of chin guard to transform the helmet in from a half shell into a full shell. So if you're interested in uh, potentially having the best of both worlds, you could run it that way as well. Um, one of the popular ones for those transformer type of helmets is the Giro Switchblade. And uh, that also has MIPS which is also very, very good. If you're looking in the helmet market, MIPS can be a very great thing to protect you even more. 
for uh, rotational impacts to your head. Exactly. So no more safety. I don't want to talk about it anymore. You guys heard us. We vented for long enough. Now let's talk about fun <laughs> stuff. So like, what do I wear? How, how, what do what do I want to look like? What? How do I? I want to be a mountain biker. What? What do I have to look like, Sean? <laughs> Man, it's. I'll tell you this one. It's a lot different than being a roadie. Being a roadie, you're kind of you're kind of uh, strutting your stuff and you're letting it all <laughs> hang out no matter what anybody thinks. Um, yes. With yes. Uh, mountain with mountain biking, you're kind of you're kind of the the cool guy, you know. You got these cool shorts and you got these jerseys, you know, with all these different brands and you got these breweries that are making mountain biking jerseys and it's pretty sweet, I must say. For sure. And don't forget about your gloves, Sean. Don't oh, yeah. forget about your gloves. Because those are your three main right there. Shorts, jersey, gloves. When you're talking about clothes, we'll get to shoes. But just talking about shirts, jersey, gloves. So let's start with shorts. Like Sean said, if you're going to be a roadie or a cyclist, they're going to be nice and tight. Everybody's going to see everything. But there's a lot of options from that all the way to really baggy shorts that kind of just look like you're out in the town and super casual. But here's something yeah. I'm going to bring up that most of you probably have never thought about when it comes to biking, and that's protecting your butt. And that comes with... Uh, Sean, what is the technical name? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought this up. So yeah, they're called chamois for the more technical term. Thank you, thank you. AKA a gooch protector. Yes. Um, and it literally is a pair of underwear that has padding in that area that you would sit on the saddle or on the seat of the bike um, that makes it easier to ride for longer. Uh, makes uh, climbing uphill a lot more comfortable. Um, when you get moving into the five to eight mile, and then obviously farther than that, it's almost a must have. Um, for us, I remember the conversation we had where both of us didn't have them. Sean went and bought himself one and was like, you got to do it. And I was like, I don't want to spend money. I just bought this really nice bike. I don't want to spend money on a padded butt protector. Well, I did it. And now I own four of them because it's the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. And every time you want to go ride, I can't do it. Even like a simple ride around town, I'm like, maybe I want to wear it. No, no, no. We're just going to the bar. And then before you know it, we've gone to six bars. And I'm like, oh, I should have worn more. Should have done it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, they, they come in in a couple different styles for chamois. Uh, they have just the ones that are more like spandex shorts that will go underneath your shorts, right? And then they have ones that are more like um, overalls, and uh, it's like a spandex overall thing. So whatever you think is more comfortable. But yeah, it's one of those things where you'll go out for your first 5, 10, 15-mile ride, and you're just going to be aching down on your booty, and uh, you're, you're going to be... As soon as you get back into town thinking, you know what? $60 for a chamois? Not too bad now. Not too bad. I'm going to go buy one right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm going to stop at Walmart and get a get an ice pack. That sounds nice too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I guess let's move on to jerseys. And I'll be honest, I don't own any jerseys. I keep looking and I keep trying to find one that I guess I feel... And that matches my look and matches my bike. Because you got to match your bike. You gotta, oh, yeah. got to <laughs> swag out your bike and your look and your whole kit. Your for sure. color coordination. Always. Um, but you don't absolutely need jerseys. That's not one of the things that no. are like die hard. You got to buy one. Um, but for me, um, I just wear a t-shirt. And then have a coat yep. or something like that in my uh, camelback just in case starts to get cold or something like that. Um, but it's not a – it's more of a once you start feeling it and you go, oh, man, look at that jersey. You're just going to buy it. You are because you're going to go, I want to be part of their crew. 
Or you'll join a team or a club that does rides, and then they'll have jerseys, and then you can all match and look fly like that. Right. Do you remember that um, left-hand brewing? Man, uh, was it like I a, want that black jersey so bad. Oh, cool. So, guys, there's this jersey from one of my favorite breweries um, in Colorado called Left Hand, and they have this bringing back black, and it's just really like – almost ACDC kind of feel. Um, yeah, it's kind of ACDC kind of Metallica-esque. Yeah, um, I use that kind of jersey. Begley, but. but I'm six foot tall and weigh like 230. I ain't fitting in no schmedium. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> Every time I go to this shop, they only got mediums and smalls. Every yeah. time. And they're like, even if you show up and there's a large or an extra large, we'll give it half off because they know how much I want this jersey. It's never been there. They've, I've never gotten lucky enough nope. to show up. And they don't do special orders either. So I never got my hands on one of those jerseys. I don't even know if they make them anymore. It's been a, a while now. So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure either. So, yeah, and you guys will see designs on jerseys and be like, just like T-shirts or hoodies and be like, yeah. man, I want to wear that. Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing I would say just about whatever whether you're wearing a jersey or just a regular t-shirt uh you can wear whatever you want but i would just recommend something with uh something that's breathable with like kind of moisture wicking uh te- technology because you're going to be sweating quite a lot sweaty really sweaty. Very sweaty yeah that's definitely true 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 now here's one of my favorite items that i've ever bought gloves gloves and Sean, what is the company that we always buy from? We're talking Hand Up, baby. Hand Up, baby. And if you haven't heard of Hand Up, go look them up. Great company, great people. Um, the coolest part about them is that if you put your hands up with your palms out and your fingers kind of over each other, um, a design yeah, goes kind up. Of a, exactly. Which hypes me up. Yeah, you'll see like on on the palm side of the gloves when you put them kind of together, your hands kind of together in a certain like triangular fashion. Um, you'll say like uh, "get stoked" or "brap brap brap" or "sender" or yeah. you know all kinds of really fun mountain bike related slogans and sayings. Absolutely, and these are one of those things that we have to say is not just for the looks. We love them because they look awesome. Um, mm-hmm. but they, they save your hands. So ooh, they save your hands. Um, cause my first ride, I got the biggest blisters of my life right on the center of my palms. Would you ever had blisters? Imagine it not being able to write or pick anything up for like a week. Yeah. I remember you getting that blister that did not look good. And yeah, ugh, yeah it was pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. No, I bought gloves that day. Just ordered them online, got them sent to the house because I was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> right. Not again. Yeah. And another thing is you will fall at some point off your bike, whether it's you just climbing up the hill and you didn't have enough power to get up the hill. So you're kind of your bike's kind of doing this kind of wheelie type of motion over you or you're going too fast, took a corner wrong, whatever it may be. You're going to fall at some point. Okay. So. Just get that into your head, be be prepared, and when you inevitably try to catch yourself, your gloves will save your hands from getting uh, torn up from the rocks and whatever else you're landing into. Cacti. Cacti. That, yeah. That is, the, that is the one that I always think of, especially riding in Colorado and going down south to New Mexico, um, getting into those drier climates. Ooh, just everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. A lot of people up on the front range here around Colorado don't realize or they forget that as soon as you get into the mountains, there are cactus there. Even though, you know, it snows up there and it gets cold, there are cactus around and they're somewhat common, you know, not as much as New Mexico or Arizona, you know, something like that. But they are common and in a lot of places throughout the country, you will find little little cactuses throughout throughout these these trails off to the side, so... You definitely don't want to land in that. Absolutely. Most definitely. 
So do you want to do you want to talk about some of our crashes, some some, some of our biffs? Ooh. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of Ooh. fun. If you're br- okay, so there's there's moments when you're riding and you get the stoke. It's the easiest way, I guess, for me to describe it, where you let go of some of your fear and you're feeling really comfortable on your bike and you just start going. My problem is that happens like a lot. Like every time we reach the downhill, like maybe too much because I start to feel the stoke and I forget what safety is. I forget what the brake is and I just want to go downhill. And one of the crashes I can think of just right off the top of my head um, was I just hit a rock and I used it as like a little jump and I got like a good two or three feet blue, like splattered all kinds of uh, fluid from the inside of the tires and the tubeless fluid. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Went around a corner right after that and went head first into like a brush pile. Don't know how, don't know what happened. I just know I hit this awesome jump and then was on my back upside down with my feet in the air and yeah. I didn't know where my bike was. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I was right behind you when this happened. And like, like you said, you kind of use this ramp shape rocked you probably got like two three feet vertically and then you probably went like over six feet uh, just just in length of your jump and then you like landed on to like another boulder burped your rear tire and i thought i thought you straight up popped your tire because i haven't ever seen a burp that big i've only seen tiny burps but this was a huge burp for for your tubeless rear your tire and then you're like trying not to to fall and crash and then you just go straight down into this gigantic pile of brush that's just like all prickles and thorns and I'm just like, well, I think he's dead. <laughs> I think this is it. And folks, I didn't... I've, I've, I've been waiting for this to happen. I, I guess I guess this is it. And I didn't feel a single thing. Not a single thing. I just got up right. and I was like, where's my bike? Where'd Wait, go, how'd I get here? Right. <laughs> and all I remember is hitting that rock. And then I was like, whoa, I'm okay, I think. Yeah. I hope. What's I don't know what's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, one crash that I can think of off the top of my head was when we were in Cheyenne. You were in that apartment at that time, mm-hmm. and we we're checking out that little mountain bike Ooh, trail yeah. thing. That little where they had park. like, yeah, it was like a little park where they had three little tiny trails where you just loop it over and over again. And uh, we were doing the black run. Where they had those like boulders, you kind of had to boulder over you at those rocks. And uh, I remember I did it one time, like we were kind of going slow with it just because it was really technical. And like I completed it one time and around the second time I was going through it, you had already completed it. And I was going over again, over this big boulders, like a couple of chunks of boulders, right? And um, I just hit this, the wrong, the wrong line basically. And um I hit the wrong part part of the boulder. It was kind of jutting out a different way that I wasn't expecting or paying enough attention to hit that the wrong way. And I'm falling off. This is boulder now at like <laughs> straight, straight onto the ground, eight or nine feet being on top of the bike, yeah. on top of the boulders. And I'm almost yeah. at the bottom turning around and I just see you. And it felt like slow motion. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt for me too. That's one of those moments where, the world spinning around you so fast and for me i literally was spinning around because i was trying to figure out a way to tuck and roll and so (laughs) the world was literally spinning around me and so i'm trying to tuck and roll and i get my leg caught in the bike like in the main (laughs) triangle of 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 the bike and (laughs) and so it's like wrapped around my, my leg and as i'm tumbling doing this flip trying to not like land head first and not trying to break my wrist upon impact as as well the bike just gets hucked from my leg like 15 feet. It just kept going. And it just was like, I'm yeah. a plane now. Yes, <laughs> this is great. It was good, yeah. And I'm really happy I didn't hit my head or I didn't hit directly onto my wrist. I kind of hit between my forearms and my shoulders and I kind of tucked and rolled. And 
Oh yeah, it was it was painful falling eight nine feet, you know, very bluntly, you know, very non gracefully, like like a cat would. It was it was painful, but man, I was I was happy I tucked and rolled to to say the least there. And I was just when I got up, I had that same kind of feeling when you were coming out of the brush, wondering what just happened. <laughs> Absolutely, and I was just like, yeah. where did my bike go? Oh. Yeah, and so. I was just like, how did it get over there? It should have been right right next to me. <laughs> You're like, there's no way that it's over there. That's not right. I fell here. Right. Yeah. Oh for sure. Man, good days. Good days. I hope for y'all sure. have those too. Get out there, go ride, get stoked. Fall a couple times. Yeah. There's something about falling a couple times and just realizing that. Getting that out of your system, you know, having your first couple of falls and getting out of your system and realizing, you know what, it sucks, but I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to get back on that horse and I'm going to keep on getting stoked. And it's just kind of something that's, I mean, falling's never good, but learning how to fall properly and getting that out of your system can be beneficial in certain ways. The way I always think about it is breaking off the rust because you haven't rode or you've taken a long time from riding or you're new um, and you're really rusty. Um, but if you fall, it's, it's going to come off because <laughs> you're going to hit hard and you're going to clean off some of that rust and you're going to go, Oh, okay. Okay. I see what I did wrong here. I see what I need to adjust. And right there you're sharpening up and starting to get better and breaking off some of that rust so that the next time you go riding, you'll know, you know, going full send on a rock that you don't know where it goes at the end is probably not a good idea. Slow down, check your landing, walk back up and do it again. <laughs> For sure. Really, really good advice there. Um, so do you want to get into some of the other hidden qua- cost, the accessories that are, these are things you want to do straight out of the gate. So I'm talking your dropper post. I'm talking, yep. Pedals. I'm talking, uh, pedals and uh tubeless going going tubeless with your tires absolutely Uh, these are kind of the the first things you do these are like basically mandatory upgrades onto your bike yes 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 i 100 percent agree on that so Uh, let's start out with pedals because most bikes when you buy them they don't even have pedals to start with Mm -hmm. and uh guess what you need you need pedals to ride that 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 thing you can't just have empty cranks and that's something Uh, you brad wanna sorry sean um that's something different from like walmart bikes most people are used to going out and buying a bike and it has pedals on it um but you kind of have to think about it for bikers there's two different kinds so you never know if somebody wants this or that so that's one reason that um, a lot of the distributors will make sure that our bikes are hopefully a little bit cheaper by not forcing a pair of pedals on somebody. Right. So two, sure. two types. You have flat pedals and you have clip-ins. And you're probably thinking to yourself, why, why would you want to clip your feet into a bike? When you're <laughs> pedaling, you have to think about it in this distribution of power so when you're pedaling and you have flat pedals you're pushing and then the other pedal comes up and then you're pushing so you're only creating power on that down push and getting it going while with clipless pedals you're hooked into your pedals so you're even creating power when you're picking up your foot as you're pushing down so you have that power continuously um so a lot of people who ride cross country, um, really light clipless pedals. Cause you're not losing any energy. You're able to use your entire, um, stroke of your foot to be able to get that energy to go down the road. Yep. I, I think you explained that pretty much as perfectly as, as you can. Perfect. Um, <laughs> just so you guys know, there is a way to get to clip out of it in, in emergency scenarios. Um, you kind of turn your toes out into the side um like you're doing some some wizard of oz kind of with her her red slippers you're kind of sending your your feet out 
Um, so you can you can get out of it, but that's an extra most of the time in emergency scenarios. You only have split seconds to be doing that. So a lot of times, if you're going if you're going over, you're just going over at that point, and that's the main downside of um, of clip in pedals. Uh, the technical term is clipless. It's kind of the technical name is kind of counterintuitive in my opinion because clip clipless makes it sounds like okay, so there isn't clips then, but yeah, the technical term is clipless, which is kind of weird. Um, and you need special shoes to ride clip, clip in, clipless pedals. You need cleats that have the ability to lock into those clips. So that's another cost that you have to factor in. And then with flat pedals, um, most of the time they're made out of aluminum or steel. Um, so they're very robust. They're very strong. Um, and then they have little screws that go around it so you can get grip on your shoes um, to be able to hold yourself in position, but you still can pick up your foot and get off that pedal comparative to the clipless. Yep, for sure. Uh, so downside is you can't have as much uh, power transfer efficiency, like Brad was saying, with being able to efficiently transfer um, you know, the power from your legs into the bike with the upstroke and the downstroke of, of the bike. Good news is that these tend to be, uh, you know, you can bail easier. Yeah, you don't have to buy uh, cleats and have those special shoes for them. And I would say it helps you learn some of the techniques of like bunny hopping your bike and um, turning your bike in different ways a little bit easier. And like going on to berms and stuff, it, it, it helps you learn those techniques of how to properly push and pull and jump all, all of your bike. You can learn those a little bit easier. Um, because when you're clipping in, uh, you're relying on the clip to kind of do the work for you rather than the proper technique. So if you're on that kind of train of thought where you want to dial in your, your skills, then, um, flats starting out might be a good idea for you. Uh, I just want to say I still ride flats. And like Brad said at the beginning of this was why would people ride clip in pedals? (laughs) That's still my thought. (laughs) And I've tried it. Um, Cause I actually thought about it because I know a lot of mountain bikers um, that really like the downhill, but hate the uphill do clipless um, so that it's easier for them to get up the hill. So mm-hmm. I went and actually did a demo where I got to try on shoes and I got to get on a bike and I got to practice turning my foot out and all that kind of stuff. And I actually hated it. <laughs> I think after a while I would fall in love with it and it would be normal Um, right. But I'm so used to being able to take a tight turn and take my foot off the pedal, put it on the ground so that I have a little bit more strength to push myself up or this, that, or the other thing. Um, but there was none of that. I was going a lot faster. I had a lot more power and I wasn't afraid to go in on an uphill section, um, because my feet weren't going to come off. There was no slippage you're hooked in um but when things got dicey i just had to send it which i liked because it was a full commit type of style um but at the same time i was like i don't know i don't i don't i don't think i can do this um so i've stuck with my flats mostly because cost effectiveness i bought one pair um i'm gonna wait until they're completely bald or broken before I end up buying another. Yep, for sure. Um, so that kind of leads us into shoes and cleats a little bit, I guess. We already kind of talked about cleats, cleats, you know, specifically for clipless and pretty much just whatever design you like, whatever is cost effective for you. If you decide you want to go the clipless uh, route, um, just whatever works with your clips. I mean, they all pretty much have the same type of design. Um, but just make sure that you can clip in properly and send your budget and you like the design of your new cleats. However, as for flats, um, if you're running flats or plat- platform pedals, then you want to look into mountain biking specific shoes. And before we get into that, I want to tell you guys a story about the importance of having proper shoes okay, folks, when you're mountain biking. I'm going to interrupt for one moment. I was talking to Sean before this and I said, you got to tell this story. So I'm really hyped. Because this is one of the most stoked experiences I've ever had riding a bike. 
Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, you'll 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 have to chime in during the story, Brad, because oh, I was I, will. <laughs> I was quite a bit uh, uh, ahead of you guys when this happened, so I wasn't uh, super close near nearby when this happened in the moment. But anyways, um, so Brad and I and my wife, we went up to Granby Ranch in up in the mountains in Colorado, and so they're one of those ski resorts that during the summertime they transformed the resort into a mountain biking park right a a, a downhill park and so we're going there and this was a time that i brought my cross-country bike to a downhill park so number one i'm already puckering up every (laughs) single time and two my wife so she's 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 amazing she really is i'm amazed she ever agrees to this in the first place she has a super kind heart and a adventurous spirit and uh, she, of course, she wanted to go with us. She wanted to experience this with us because we would just talk and talk about how much fun we're having mountain biking and how everybody and their dog needs to come out with us, right? And so she's like, yeah, I want to go in the mountains and yeah, I want to come. We just need to rent a bike. So I rented her a sweet enduro bike. You know, it was like a to specialize in enduro, I think. So it yep. had like 160 up front and then like 140 in back. So definitely more than capable of what we were going to do that day. Because we're probably only going to do like blues tops, oh yeah, but mostly greens because we're just used to normal trail trail riding, right? And so, um, this is more or less her first real mountain biking experience in a downhill park. And so, those of you that are mountain bikers, you're like face palming and just going, <laughs> "Oh God, you idiot! Why would you throw your wife?" into a downhill park for her first time mountain biking ever you know really good question yeah we should have <laughs> makes a lot of sense that. now yeah yeah makes a lot of sense now in in, in in hindsight but at that time i was just like yeah it's gonna be awesome babe you're gonna get stoked you're gonna love it it's gonna be fun you might crash but it'll be okay don't don't even worry about it <laughs> <laughs> and so just to start it off bad the very first thing when she goes down with us on the very first run, she goes OTB to start her her day out. And so we were trying to stay really close to her. And the one second that we got uh, ahead of her, she goes OTB. And we were waiting around just like, huh, what happened to her? Yeah, I hope she's <laughs> so okay. We, yeah, so we walking up the trail and she's just like, Ugh, so I got going OTB out, out, out of my system. Oh, oh, really? Oh, well, that's awesome. That's, uh, uh, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Let's just keep going. Do you need a minute? No, no, no. I, I want to keep, keep, keep going. Okay. Okay, cool. I, I like, I like, I like the attitude. I like the perseverance. And so she goes down and everything's good. The rest of the way down and we're going slow and trying to take it easy. Cause it's all of our first time at a downhill park her first time ever pretty much having a proper mountain biking experience. Right. So, um, we finally go up to the second or third run later. Um, we go down again, different, different type of run. And I'm, I'm like done with my bike at this point. And so as we were going up the gondola, I was like, okay, I think this is going to be the last run on my cross country bike. And then I'm going to go into the resort and rent a proper downhill bike. Cause my bike's falling apart. The thing is literally falling apart. And so I don't know if I'm going to make it down any, any more runs. And I didn't want to dent a rim, all that fun stuff. So I get going down. Everything's fine on my run. And so I, before I went down, I, I asked Brad if he could stay with her, make sure she, she was safe, you know, in case she crashed and needed help. And so like the good friend that he is, Brad, Brad, Brad does so. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hand off the story to you, Brad, from this point so, out. So Yuvi had just started to get the stoke going. She had just started to feel the flow. Um, so I said, you go first. I'll ride behind you because I don't want to be, because um, I was on an enduro bike, so I and I was very comfortable, so I could really send it down a mountain and leave her behind. So I was like, you go first. I'll go at your pace. Watch what you're doing, that type of thing. Um, we're on like a greenish blue that has some tabletops, and it starts to get a little bit more flowy. Um and she starts getting it. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm feeling the stoke right now. This is awesome. On her second tabletop, her foot slips off the pedal and her calf hits her tire. 
And you're like, oh, well, she's probably okay. Well, she was wearing shorts, so it was open skin against a tire. The tire had completely ripped open her skin and made almost a tread pattern on the back of her calf. I didn't know. I didn't even know. She didn't even flinch. No flinch. We get all the way down the mountain. She's still slaying it. Filling the stoke. I see the smile on her face. And so we get down to the bottom and she goes, I should probably get this looked at. And you had just walked up to us. And I looked down and I was like, oh, 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 that's awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> I was I'm, I'm at the bottom. And I I see her smile, so I'm smiling. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. So you, did, did you have fun? And Brett's like, yeah, we got it good. She was stoked. But, uh, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we, we, need to, we need to go to the first aid. I'm like, what do you mean we need to go to the first aid? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she turns around. And um, just to clarify, her her the back of her calf actually hit her front sp- sprocket crank. And so where, oh. where it hit that, that, that gear. So her okay. foot slipped so off the pedal wrong. because she was wearing keen, like, close toe sh- sandals. So, like, hiking sandals, more, more or less. And um, so, yeah, her feet slipped off the platforms. That front sprocket ripped up, um, ripped up her, the back of her calf. And then she also, like, got road rash on her shin because then she instinctively uh, put her leg forward and then that's when the tire kind of gave her shin a little bit of road rash in addition to to that and so i'm obviously very worried and i'm just like so I, she turns around and shows me her back for a calf and it's just it's just a shark attack <laughs> the thing is like <laughs> it looks like she's got bit by a shark literally there was like six big chunks just like missing out of her skin and i'm sure i went as pale as a ghost there and yes, i'm like did. about ready to pick her up and give her a piggyback ride or something to the first aid but yeah i was just like nope we are we are done <laughs> nope and so i'm i'm like going into mama bear mode or papa bear mode i don't know <laughs> Hus- husband bear mode i suppose you could say and yeah <laughs> she she goes into the first aid and and she's like you know it really doesn't hurt, hun. I'm just like, what do you mean it doesn't hurt? Look at that thing. <laughs> she had the stoke. That's what she was yeah, living on right there. She's like, well, maybe we could go back down. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we can't go back down. You got bit bit by a shark. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, the, the first aid uh, team, the, they see this and they're just like, so how did this happen? And then... I just have this guilty look on my face, and I was like, well, she didn't have proper mountain biking shoes, and we thought her Keens would be enough, and so she's wearing Keens, and they just like, they all just look at me just like, she's wearing Keens, Keens. I strictly remember the, uh, one of the um, rangers there looks down and goes, you weren't wearing these shoes, right? And, oh, Yuvi's face. Yeah. Well... (laughs) That wasn't smart. So there's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, if if you don't want to look like you're a shark attack victim, I'd recommend buying a solid pair of shoes. So, Brad, do you want to talk a little bit about 510s and other mountain biking uh, shoes? So there's a lot of different brands that make mountain bike specific shoes. Um, but... Our go-to is 510, um, and the reason why is because they fit more like a tennis shoe um, and less like a climbing shoe, and I don't know if any of you climb or anything like that. Climbing shoes are very narrow. They're very tight to your feet, and they're form-fitting, um, while 510s are more like tennis shoes that are stiffer with a rubber compound on the bottom that's fairly thick, probably about an inch. Um, that is supposed to be really sticky in the sense of rocks. Like if you ever go hiking in these, they're wonderful because you're not slipping on any rocks. You're super comfortable the whole time. It's the same thing when you're putting them on those flats and those little screws are stabbing into there. 
you're not slipping off unless you pick up your feet. Right. For sure. It's, it's, it's very hard to lose traction uh, or lose grip. I should say on off of your platform pedals. And sometimes like sometimes when you want to slightly adjust your feet, it's almost kind of hard to slightly adjust your feet. So that's a good mm-hmm. sign that it's gripping on well. And a couple other brands that make them are Shimano, um, which is a big mountain biking brand or just biking brand in general. Um, and their shoe is more of like a traditional tennis shoe um, with a high arch. So you only have the ball of your foot and then your heel. Well, 510s are almost skater-ish um, yep. with that Vans style, with that completely flat right. bottom. And that leads us into while skater shoes you can ride mountain bikes with skater shoes because skater shoes are also designed to be very grippy right you just grip on the skateboard grip onto the your your bmx pedals so skater shoes are also acceptable um but you know like your 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 converse your your chucks those probably not not so good those don't have hardly enough grip that's yeah that will make sure you have a bad time exactly and they're not comfortable. They're not as comfortable as something like five tens. Um, cause five tens yeah. almost have a piece of like thicker plastic in between your sole and your foot, um, just to keep the rigidity so that yeah. your foot stays flat instead of like chucks where you can bend your toe back and the whole shoe will fin like bend in half. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Cause then, the opposite can happen where you put too much pressure on your toes and then your toes can curl over um, your pedals. And then that puts your toes that much closer to the ground, which that can cause problems as well. Yeah. And also with that, with five tens, they're not hard. They're not hard toes or like steel toes, but they are like, they have a reinforced toe and then they're reinforced off to the side of your foot to where when you're banging up against stuff that could potentially hit you on your toes or, or your, or the side of your foot when you're rock bashing your 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 pedals trying to get by a, a tight space, your feet will still be protected there, so you don't you're less likely to hurt your toes or the side of your foot. So that's also a big boon. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's clothing, Sean. Uh, socks. I almost miss socks. There's all kinds of fun fun socks. You can. So people say that there are mountain spikes specific socks. Ah, that's some bullharky. Yeah. You, you wear what you want to wear that's comfortable. Obviously, yeah. you don't want to wear thick cotton socks because your feet are going to no. overheat and then you're going to be sweating to death. But you also yeah, don't want to just... wear dress socks that don't give you any support and then you're getting blisters. Right, just thin, breathable socks that are going to protect the soles of your feet. So, uh, so I guess let's move on to you... some fun things. Yeah, let's. Do you want to talk about like tubeless tires and then dropper posts? Yeah, and then we can rock. Those into, are kind of the the two big ones left, yeah. I would say. And then we can go into um, some hydration packs and things that make things easier to ride. Yeah. So tubeless. That concept, um, everybody knows about, but I guess it it doesn't click for a lot of people. So, um, you're. Bikes that most people are used to have a tube inside of them. Um, so you probably, when you were a kid, popped a tube. And then you put that green slime in there hoping it would fill the hole so you wouldn't have to buy a new tube and fill it up. But your car is tubeless because there's no tube in your car tire. It just runs off the pressure from the air to hold the tire in place. Mountain bike tires has also taken on that Um and that's 26 to 29ers and two uh, fat bikes all use and, ha- and have plus the, size. Plus size, yeah. Um, all have the ability to use tubeless. Yep. It's it's one of those things that's pretty much recommended as like a mandatory u- upgrade. It's something you want to do ASAP. And um, there's a lot of benefits into that. Um, you get to run lower air pressure. And so our roadies out there are just like, I'm running, I'm running a hundred PSI. Why would you want to run? Why would you want to run low air pressure? 18, That's weird. 15. What do you you're mean? Running, 
You're running 15 PSI, brother? What? Are, are you sure you don't have a flat tire? Because my roadie tire, it's it's as hard as a brick. Yeah. So, and for that, you're probably wondering, why would you want to run 15? Why would you want to run 100? Um, if you're running 100 on a roadie bike, um, the goal is as fast as possible with the least amount of resistance. So you don't want that tire to be flexing at all. You want it to be as stiff as it can get and give you as much grip on that um, tarmac to go as fast as you can. While in a mountain bike, if you're on loose gravel, sand, anything like that, um, you lower yourself down to 15, your tire spreads out more. So it gives you more support, more grip to be able to hold corners, be able to climb better, and just overall be able to have better connection with the ground. Yeah, for sure. It's almost imagine like a road bike wants to glide over stuff. The mountain bike tire wants to be the, the rock climber. It wants to get in there and get into every single really little tiny groove. And it wants to grip, grip onto those things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Sean. And its goal is to absorb the blow and not just bounce off of it. Yeah, and one of the more advanced strats that you can do is be running two different PSIs between your front and your rear tire. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of people run their front tire a little bit higher PSA, PSI, more around, like, 22 to 25. So then that creates less resistance when you're climbing. And also, when you're landing, it kind of more bounces you up rather than just taking the blow full on. So then you kind of spring up a little bit. So then you can recover easier. And then your rear tire is more about that like grip factor. And that's more traditionally at a lower PSI. But this is also a lot of experimentation and doing what you feel is right. And John, also explain Cushcore. Yeah, Cushcore is super sweet. So Brad hasn't Brad hasn't gone on to the Cushcore life. I'm not Hopefully ready. Soon. I'm not ready. Hopefully soon. <laughs> um, but basically... So Cush Core is this insert that you put into your tubeless tire, which is basically this dense foam that goes on the inside of your rim that works as basically a protectant um, to your rims. And so if you've ever, if you've ever dinged up and bent your rim, or if you've ever, if you've ever done this and you're really sad, but if you've ever tacoed a rim, you know that you're done. You're done. There is no coming back. You got to get your, you got to get a, a, a new rim. And um, yeah, so the Cush core helps provide protection to your rims. Number one. And two, it acts as like a pseudo suspension um, to help you. And so for me with my cross country bike, it was like a night and day difference. It helped so much (laughs) because it would take off so much of the blow that I was feeling because a lot of times with my cross country bike, I have to land instead of like landing flat and casing things. You, I mean, you should in general try not to case things, but the emphasis is even more on my cross country bike when I'm trying to do jumps to be landing at the diagonal of the downhill of the ramp. Right. So I'm going at the uh, correct slope of the hill as the landing point, whereas like landing at like an awkward flat like angle of some sort. And then this helps me, ease up on that suspension it acts as like that pseudo suspension and when you upgrade your rims to like six hundred thousand dollar rims you're gonna want to protect your your rims for sure and i'm not there sean i just and i know there's gonna be a day where i'm gonna crack a rim or i'm gonna get a really big dent and then i'm gonna wish i had cush core but yeah that's that's when you when you go and buy your your new thousand dollar rims you're gonna think to yourself uh, what's another hundred dollars to install Cushcore? For sure, absolutely. And Cushcore, uh, that's a brand. That's the most popular brand. But there's also Huck Norris, which is a little bit cheaper because you don't have to use the proprietary uh, valve stem that Cushcore uh, requires. Yeah. So it can save you a little bit of money using Huck Norris or some of the other smaller brands that do the same exact thing. Tubeless. Let's talk oh, about dropper, dropper posts. Okay. So here's something that I was a diehard fan immediately. 
immediately. Um, so what a dropper post does is it gives you the ability to push your seat all the way down to almost look like a BMX bike. So it's completely pushed against the frame or be able to push it all the way up. So it's more like a cyclist bike to be able to make it easier to climb and ride for a longer distance because it gives you a longer um, leg reach to get all that extra power. Yep. If I was to say there was one mandatory thing, this is the one mandatory thing. Like the dropper post, um, if you can look for a bike that includes a dropper post, mm-hmm. some of the more around the starting around like $1,700 or $2,000 range, they'll start to include a dropper post. Yeah. And this is something that it's pretty much mandatory because there's so many trails around the country where it's kind of this ebb and flow type of thing where you're just a little bit of up, a little bit of down, a little bit up, a little bit of down. And you don't want to be stopping. And a lot of times you can't just be stopping every single time you're getting ready for the downhill and you want to put it all the way down, get your seat all the way so you can get over the back of the tire. Or if once you're done with the downhill, you want to put it back up. So then you have better proper uh, power transfer into your pedals. And so this dropper post allows you to quickly adjust that to whatever height that you would like. Yeah, because it's just not functional to be able to stop every single time. Um, yeah, because most trails, I don't think I've ever ridden one that's all uphill, then all downhill. It's, yeah, no, it's yeah. the only time there's been anything like that is when we've gone, gone to the downhill park. Right. But which is that any point, other trail, it's going to be a ebb and flow. There's a little bit of up, a little bit down, a little bit up, a little bit of down. And, and so it's you, highly, highly important that you have a dropper post to be able to handle that and make sure you have a better ride. And exactly. it's almost to a certain extent, like a safety, a safety thing to where if you don't have your seat out of the way, when you're on a gnarly downhill and you can't properly get over the the back of your bike um, and change your center of mass, you're in for a bad time there. Yeah. There's OTB looking in your future. (laughs) Oh yeah. Most, Most definitely. Most definitely. And the only time you wouldn't need one is if you're going to do downhill specifically. And if you're going to buy a downhill specific bike that has 160, 170 millimeters of travel in the front, 150 in the back, it's not going to come with a dropper post because you're just going to take the seat and push it all the way down because you're just trying to get it out of the way because you don't need it. Yeah, those are the types of guys that are only going to slope style parks or just uh, the the downhill resorts. You know, there's the only pedaling that they're doing is when they get down to the base camp and they're riding 50 feet to get on to the, the to the next uh, ski lift uh, or a gondola ride. So. Mm-hmm. so now let's talk for a last little bit about kind of things that make it easier to ride or a couple things that are just important to have. Yep. So backpacks or hydration packs. Um, some people like to carry water bottles. I am not one. I would much rather have a bag on my back and have it full of a bunch of junk than have it all in pockets and um, in jerseys that have little pockets. I'm much more of a, let's just put everything in a backpack and then I can bring extra tubes. I can bring a multi-tool, tire levers. I can bring everything so that if I do pop a tire, this, that, or the other thing, I'm not sitting there with three miles ahead of me going, I have to walk three miles with my bike right now. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good feeling. Fortunately, you and I have never had to do, to do that. Oh, not yet. And I'm going to put the yet on it because I know there's going to be a day. Because if we, yeah. once you get to a certain amount of riding, no matter what, no matter how prepared you are, soon, sooner or later something's going to happen. But I always wish the best of luck for everybody that we get back to the car is safe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like you're saying, I, I really like having the hydro pack ba- backpacks. Um, and so Camelback is a popular brand for that, but there's, there's so many different brands for that. Just choose whatever design you like, whatever thing that makes sense for your, for your budget. But for me, I'm much like a camel just drinking tons and tons of water. Cause <laughs> I, I just get so thirsty. So, on my hydro pack, I have two liters of water 
and I'll go through normally about 1.5 to 1.75. And if anyone's riding with us that forgot to bring water, oh yeah, I'm, you know, they're, they're sharing with me. And yeah, I'm using yeah. the entire two, two liters of water during the ride. Yeah, for sure. And it's not all about buying the most expensive one you see either. So you don't need an expensive backpack. I'm actually running a Camelback from the 80s. Yeah. That, that is super small, super simple. I just bought a new mouthpiece tube and bladder for it, and then it's good to go. Yeah. For my backpack, um, when I bought um, my, like backpacking like extended day trip backpack it holds i think 65 or 75 liters worth of stuff and it came with another like mini backpack that you can attach to the big backpack and it has like a little slot for the for the hydro pack and so that's that's what i use so yeah i paid for an expensive backpack for that but i didn't have to pay for two backpacks is what i'm saying for sure and that's always a good option when you want to be more of a backpacker um, and you want to be able to have that versatility of, okay, let's go do a three or four day hike. Then you throw that backpack on with that small one. And then you have all your items together. Yeah, it is. It is. It is nice to have that, that versatility and that kind of modular um, aspect to, to what your gear is. Yeah. And then first aid, do not forget your first aid. It's even if you have a little tiny one that just has, Band-Aids, like alcohol wipes, um, simple stuff. Just, it's better to have that than nothing. Yeah, I, I always carry my first aid, and I've had to use mine multiple times um, when I inevitably fall, and I get road rash on my forearms, and they're they're all wrangled and gnarled up, right? And there's gashes and whatnot. Um the alcohol wipes, making sure to get that some of that dirt and bacteria out, and then just having band-aids available is super, super important because, I don't know, I just don't want that stuff to sit there in, like, an open wound. And with animals being out and about, you know, you never know if there's any sort of other uh, bad bacteria nearby where you crash that you don't want to get into an open wound. So you don't want to turn a bad situation into a terrible situation and get a gnarly infection um, yeah. from what was just a, a small thing, you know, just like road rash or something like that, turning into a really big deal. For sure. And always don't forget, bring snacks, bring water. Um, yep. Cause even if you're only going to go for a small ride, a simple um, cliff bar, just kind of little bar, is better than yeah, some, some kind of protein bar. It's always better than nothing. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I got, Sean. You got any other little things you want to throw at them? No, I mean, we can get into like handlebars and stem size later on. Um, or I don't know. Yeah. Li- 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 later on, for, but for today, I think we've covered like the mandatory stuff more, more or less and yeah. uh, your clothing options and stuff like that. So, Again, you're becoming more and more prepared to go on your first mountain biking adventure. And Woo-hoo. we want to hear about it. Um, when If you ever want to talk, share share your adventures, you can reach us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. What? An Instagram? That's Instagram. Yeah, we, we have an Instagram now. That's at release the adventure. Um, and Brad's going to be posting uh, a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff when uh, he's out and about and he's taking uh, pictures. He's He's got a very fancy schmancy camera. I do. I do. Um, yeah. I don't remember how much it costs, but I was very impressed. Too much. That's <laughs> too much is too the right answer. Too <laughs> much because I could have bought, I'm telling you guys, I could have bought a new bike. Yeah, you could. But I chose to go with the camera so we can That's do some right. other things. Um, but man, oh, I'm telling you, I was close to an S works. <laughs> <laughs> Your camera is sweet though. It is. You... I'm, I love my camera, but man, an S works. Yeah. I dream about it. Everybody will find their dream bike. Um, and there'll always be that bike that you go, I'm never going to buy that, but it's really pretty. Yep. 
Yeah, so look look for our behind the scenes adventure photos. And when we're when we finally get to go out and go on our own adventures again for Brad and I, when we got to finally get to go back on some trails. Um, it's been snowing here between uh, Wyoming and Colorado. So again, the trails are all mucked up. They're all muddy. And so can't go out again. But look forward to that. It's at Release the Adventure. And then, of course, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're posting all of our updates there. And then we also post teasers there for upcoming episodes. We post these little uh, short audio clips um, for the upcoming episodes. So then you can get get a little bit of your fix in. And also these fun, uh, inspirational kind of quote images. You'll have to check them out. They're, 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 they're pretty cool. And of course, uh, our Twitter is at ReleaseTheADV. And also, lastly, just to tie it all back in together... Again, we're trying to get to iTunes' new and noteworthy super huge goal. Um, I don't know if you guys have us. been. Please. Yeah, it's. This is like uh, the the mountain bikers version of trying to be like, you know what? Do you see K two over there? <laughs> you know what? I think we can mountain bike down K two. It'll work. Trust me. Trust me. And, yeah. <laughs> If you guys have ever been uh, on the iTunes new noteworthy section for podcast, you'll be seeing a lot of huge companies on there and they kind of dominate the space nowadays. And so it would be a super, super huge thing for us. That would be a huge game changer. That'd be to where we could start giving away bike parts and who knows, maybe one day giving away whole bikes, whole oh, kayaks. I'd love fishing to gear. give out whole bikes. Right. Who, who, who knows the possibilities are endless, but uh, that would really jumpstart um potentially years work of growth um to try to get to that point um so we're doing a giveaway to try to promote that guys and as a big thank you for those of you that are sticking around and listening and sharing during this this huge growth period so if you subscribe to us on your platform of choice uh itunes uh, apple Podcasts, spotify google play music stitcher radio public tune in all, all, all of them wherever podcasts are found just send us a screenshot of your subscription to release the adventure this this podcast and then send that screenshot to us on twitter at release the adv and you're entered in to win a 20 dollars amazon gift card and it's not just a one and done thing you could have multiple chances to win because we're going to be doing this over for multiple weeks exactly. again we're going to announce our first winner uh next friday so today is april 3rd so our first winner will be announced april 10th Yep, so yep. look out for that, guys. So I just encourage you guys to keep following us. Also, reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, if you want to email, we have an email as well. Release the adventure at gmail.com. Um, and we will respond always because um, we just are here to feel the stoke. We're here to talk to you guys. We're here to get stoked with you, here to get you stoked, get stoked together. Um, an idea that I just thought of that if you guys are into, I want you to read out, reach out to us. Um, how about a group ride when uh, the weather starts to get better in about June or Corona leaves us alone for a little bit so we can yeah. have more than two people together. Um, go out and have a just a really simple group ride at Lori State Park or somewhere with simple greens, simple blues. Um, where we yeah. can just have some fun doing simple stuff. And if anybody's looking to get a new bike, you can always reach out to us. Um, yep. And we can talk to you about what kind of things that would be better for you. Um, and if you're in the Colorado, Wyoming area, we'll even, once Corona, of course, has to ruin all our dreams, is out of our way, we'll even go with you to go buy you a new bike and help you yep. pick what needs to be picked um, and talk about those hidden costs so that when you start seeing these bikes, you're not super stoked and then super sad <laughs> right after you pick a bike. For sure. Um, and also with that, right now we're planning on releasing uh, every Thursday and Sunday. And if there's better days that you guys think would provide better growth or just works better for what you think works better for people in general that you know of, uh, just let us know what, what, what works for you guys. So as of right now, after this episode, the next episode, after this episode four, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but episode four should be released on April 9th. So one day before our big giveaway. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. And uh, to circle back to what Brad was saying, one of the big tenets and goals 
uh, pillars of this podcast is to make a community, make this feel welcoming for everyone, no matter what you're into, you know, mountain biking, road biking, kayaking, fishing, rock climbing, just hiking, camping, boating, rock tumbling, kiting, boating, whatever you're into, we, we want to hear about it and we want to be a part of that adventure with you. Absolutely. And if we're not into it and we don't know about it, teach us because we're always up for new hobbies. Always. For sure. So I want to thank you guys again for listening and making it all the way to the end. We are release the adventure Woo! and hope to hear from you guys soon. See you guys. Keep on riding and keep on living your dream, living your adventure. Peace.